Well, it's great to be with you. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Tom, and I'm on the staff team here at Life Vineyard Church. So I'm going to speak to us tonight. Uh, I know with the, with the temperature, there's probably even more chance of you uh, dozing off during my talk. So I've decided I'm going to keep it nice and short tonight, and then we'll get the band up for a little bit just at the end. Uh, so if you have a Bible, I'd love you to turn to Psalm 37, or a phone or an iPad. Um, and we're going to look at just the first nine verses, and we're just going to pick a few points out tonight uh, and see what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us through through his word. Okay, so I'm going to read it to us. It'll come up on the screen as well if you don't have a Bible with you. So Psalm 37. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass. And wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. I love this psalm. And so we're going to spend a, little bit, a quick bit of time looking at it. <clears throat> and what I want to say is this, is that when you read the Bible, I really want to encourage you to mark it up in some way. You'll have seen that there's a few, I've got a few colors going on in there. And I'm going to talk just a bit about what I was doing there. But <clears throat> I don't know if you're like me, you've tried those sort of reading programs like Bible in a Year or Read the Psalms in a Month. And they're great. I've done them, you know, a few times. But if you're anything like me, I found myself sometimes focusing more on putting the little tick on the app to say I've done it. And, and then I've, I, I closed the app and I'm like, I don't really know what I've just read. And you know, you realize <clears throat> it's 10 minutes till bed and you're five days behind. So you better, oh, I better do it, yeah, quick, do three days now. And then at least I will only be two days behind. Maybe it's just me. There's a few awkward shuffles on chairs looking at me. So maybe it's not. And so look, those, those sort of Bible plans are great. I know that the first time I did Bible in a year, a long time ago, I was reading all bits, all kinds of bits of the Bible that I hadn't read before. So I really want to encourage you to do that. But it's so important that our time in God's word is slow and measured as well and that we take we give it time to speak to us and sometimes sometimes not always sometimes those plans uh, lead us to read a bit quickly so what I try and do if I'm being intentional is I try and mark it up as I'm going and that's my way of slowing down and trying to think about what it's saying to me it might not be yours uh, you, if, you've, if you read the Bible on your phone or, or the app a really easy way is just to take a screenshot of the passage you're reading and then, I mean, I've got a, an iPhone, iPad, you click edit and you can mark it up with a highlighter and a pen. It's dead easy, you could do that or you could literally do it in your Bible, just buy a Bible, you know, cheap that you don't mind writing in and highlighting and do it that way. Uh, I bought these, they're a bit strange but they work, they're sort of like wax highlighters. So then when I highlight in my thin Bible pages, it doesn't soak straight through the other side. So yeah, there's lots of ways of doing it. And so I'm going to go back through these nine verses again and I'm just going to try and explain a bit about what I was doing before we pick out a few points. So as I read these nine verses, I, some three things jumped out to me. 
The first one was, there are a number of things we're told not to do. So you could say almost things in the negative, like don't do these things. There's a whole lot of things where we are told do do these things, so positive actions. And then there are a few things where it says God will do these things. So there's things we're told not to do, things we're told to do, and that things that we're told God will do. And interestingly, those tend to come as a result of us doing the things we are told to do. Interesting. So uh, if you start, so what I've done is I've used the color red for the bits that we're told not to do. So fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. So the Bible here is telling us, do not fret and do not be envious. And the, and Helpfully, it gives us the reason, because they will f- soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. So the question is, if we're told not to fret, the implication is that we will fret and we will worry. And so what right now in your life is causing you to worry or fret? And if I think it's part of the human condition, we all will worry about certain things. So ask yourself now, what am I currently worrying about? What am I fretting about? A harder question is who do I currently feel envious of? I don't feel envious. That's probably, what we th- it's probably the first thing that you think about, isn't it? I don't feel envious. I'm, I don't. But think again, because I think again, maybe deep down there will be people uh, that we think about and we think, oh, they have it easier. I wish my life was like that. They've got this, they've got that. But the Bible says here, do not fret, do not be envious of wrongdoers. You know those people that you know that they aren't Christians and they just live, they do whatever they want and they seem to have the best time and all of their social media posts look amazing and you think, wow, my life's really difficult and I'm following the Lord. But don't be envious, it says, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. You know, life is short. And we are in it for the long haul. We are in it for eternity. So that's some of the red things that come right at the start. And then the blue I've used for things it tells us to do. So don't fret. Don't be envious. Trust. Do trust in the Lord. And do good. Dwell in the land. And befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. So there we've got a little list already. We've got trust do good, dwell, be faithful, and delight yourself in the Lord. What a list just to write down of things we could work on this week. Which one of those do you think right now is speaking to you? Is Yeah, that's something that I really need to work on. Or I think work on is probably the wrong phrase. What's one of those things where you need to invite the Holy Spirit to come into you, to your life and speak to you about? Are you struggling to trust God at the moment? Are you feeling weary and doing good is actually a challenge? Dwell in the land. Are you feeling unsettled where you are in your job, in your house? Is faithfulness a challenge to you at the moment? Does following God feel like a chore? Does delight feel far away? Do you leave space in your week for you to delight in the presence of God? How can you make more time in your week 
to give space to these positive things the psalm tells us to do? How can we trust more, dwell more, delight more? And then we have the green, which is these few things that God says he will do. So if we trust, we do good, we dwell, we befriend faithfulness, we delight in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our heart. What a promise. What a promise that is from the Lord. It doesn't mean win the Euro millions. <laughs> and it doesn't mean a whole lot of things that maybe we think it might mean. But God, your creator, knows you best. And the things that burn deep down inside of you, that he's placed inside of you, are the things that he wants to satisfy. Those desires. And then we come to verse 5. And verse 5 is the center of these nine verses. It's a bit of a chiasm. There's four verses either side of it. And I would say from these nine verses, you could almost say this is the central uh, point that these nine verses is making. You can see it all funneling up to this point, almost like a peak on the mountain. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Commit your way to the Lord. So that's our part of the bargain, so to speak. That's the thing we can do. And it's easier said than done, isn't it? Committing your way to the Lord. It's a choice. But if we do that, if we commit, if we trust, he will act. That's the promise of scripture here. If we commit to the Lord, if we trust in him, he will act. He's not passive. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. So many positive things here that we can bring into our walk with God. Trusting more, doing good, dwelling, faithfulness, delight, committing our way, trusting. What I like about this is uh, the phrase commit your way in the Hebrew means to roll. And so what the picture I get from this is committing your way is a bit like if you have a really large boulder. And it takes a whole lot of effort to move it. But when it starts to roll, slowly and slowly it begins to build momentum. So committing your way to the Lord can take a lot of work. And it can take a lot of effort, and it's a daily choice. But when you begin to build momentum, when you begin to roll through those daily choices, that's when the Lord will really act. It made me think of uh, Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, when <laughs> and Ben would like that. It's the worst one, but still, there's a massive boulder that he runs away from, and it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Commit your way to the Lord. Build momentum in him. In verse 4, the Hebrew for delight, uh, it actually means soft and pliable, which I, I didn't really understand, so I tried to look into it. And so what I understood it meant was that delighting in the Lord means you are willing to be shaped and formed by him. So delighting in the Lord doesn't mean you stay as you are. You say, God, I come to you and I want to be shaped and formed and I want to commit my way to you. I want to build momentum. Verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not 
So that's another one of those don'ts. Yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. So we've got two more positive actions there and one negative action. So the invitation is to be still and wait patiently. The Hebrew for be still here means to be struck dumb. Sometimes we need to stop talking in God's presence and listen and come before him and be still. And if you're like me, that's very difficult. I did one of those personality tests once and I was 95% extroverted. I mean, that's almost like a sickness. <laughs> that's what Hannah would tell you anyway, I think. I mean, you look shocked. That made that, maybe it was wrong. I did a few answers wrong. <laughs> COVID was hard. Lockdown was hard. So, yeah, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And then verse 8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Two more don'ts. Fret not another one yourself, for it only leads to evil. And then we have a promise from God, for the evildoers shall be cut off. That's God talking. That isn't our job. That's not our responsibility. That's God's. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. It's an interesting concept, that last line, isn't it? Those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Not those who, you know, march and fight the enemy or those who do this. It's actually quite a passive invitation. But it's a positive outcome. Waiting on God will lead you into your inheritance. It's interesting. I feel like you could do a whole study just on what that means. So again, refrain from anger and wrath. Fret not yourself. I don't know about you, are you a person that gets frustrated when things doesn't go <clears throat> your way? But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. So another question is, do you fully trust God with your desires? Because that central verse, commit your way, it's difficult to commit your way if your heart isn't in it. <clears throat> if, you're, if you feel half-hearted about something, you're not going to commit your way. You're not going to build momentum. So I ask, are we truly committing our way to him? And if we're not, well, this is a great place to start. There are so many things for us to look at from this list. You could sit down. And so what I did was I wrote down a list at the top with the word do above it. Do trust. Dwell. Be faithful. Delight. Commit. Be still. Wait. And then I wrote a little do not list at the top. Don't fret. Don't be envious. Don't be angry. And I find that so helpful. So I said it would be a short talk, and it was, and that's about all I want to say. So if the band want to come up, and we're just going to take a few minutes to respond again and worship. I feel like, <clears throat> just as I was preparing this, I felt like that word momentum, for some reason it jumped out to me. And I, I felt like there might be some people here or people listening at home that feel like they haven't got momentum. They feel like they're lacking momentum for whatever reason, maybe... Uh, you just feel like you're in a sort of a dry period with God or a desert moment. Maybe you feel like it's, things have been stop, start, stop, start over the last few years. And so we just want to come into God's presence again. And maybe one of those words that we talked about, those invitations have jumped out to you tonight. Trusting, faithfulness, 
Maybe it's one of the don'ts, fretting. Maybe you're an anxious person. Maybe you find worrying is something that you default to. So if you're able, why don't we stand? And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit. And let's give him time now just to speak to us. Father, we want to be like that Hebrew word. We want to be pliable. And we want to be people who are open to being shaped and changed by you and your word, Father. Otherwise, there isn't much point. So we pray now that you would come and shape us afresh, God. Like a piece of clay.